Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion. Part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with Jared Davis. It's time for a fun topic. We're going to be talking about what we think about the 2022 NFL Draft and who we think from Auburn could potentially go in the next year's draft. I know the 2021 draft just happened. You may be like, why are we talking about the next one? Because we can't. And it's also fun to just think about some of the players that could potentially go um, in the next year and uh, see see what they do um, in the NFL. So, uh, Jared, are you ready to get started on talking about all these different players that are in Auburn's team currently, but a year from now could potentially get drafted? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's no – no you can't start to – right? They've probably already got, you know, top 25 polls out for next year and who's going to win the Heisman and all that. So, um, I think it's uh, I think it's interesting. I think it'll be fun. Let's see. Yeah, I want to hear. I'm, I'm I'm excited to hear your take on who you think's going to be, uh, who has the potential to be drafted next year at Auburn's team. Yeah, I mean, uh, some of them that already come to mind are some of the juniors, but I know there's going to be some seniors that, uh, I mean, they've they've come back. I'm thinking about like Roger McCreary and uh, Smoke Monday that probably were. I don't know if they were like high level draft quality, but yeah, they probably at least would have got picked up via free agency. Um, but they decided to come back for the senior year. And I, I guess that's maybe a good spot to start is uh, who do you think, you know, uh, based on those those guys that decided to come back from their junior year to senior year, who do you think has the potential to raise their draft stock even more this year? The ones that decided to come back from their junior year? Yeah. Uh, to senior? Um, I, I think, you know, I really think probably Roger McCreary. Um, I don't know the ins and outs of all the, what the analysts say. And I don't know that he's got the, you know, measurables. I don't know how he's going to do on that, but I think he's just a great cornerback. And I think the, the year with Derek Mason going to make the entire secondary that much better. But I think Rogers just, I think he's a really solid player. And with a a little more coaching, I I mean, I, I think it could, I think it could some surprise some folks, honestly. Um, uh, as far as the people that came back, I mean, do you agree with that? Or you got somebody else on your radar? Yeah, I think Roger is one of them. I think he probably would have been a free agent if he had gone in this year's draft, but by coming back would it, like could potentially, if he plays well, and like you said, if Derek Mason, who seems to be, you know, like we've got, you know, on the offensive side, like a quarterback whisper, well, Derek Mason is a cornerback whisperer and is uh, has put so many secondary players in the NFL and an extra year for Roger McCreary I think could really pay off for him 
Um, and I mean, it, I kind of lump that into like Smoke Monday, who, I mean, Smoke Monday has already got so much leadership capabilities, is a hard hitter already, but needs to refine some things. And if Derek Mason, uh, you know, tunes that a little bit with guys like Smoke Monday, he could be another one that I think really could pay off um, coming back the extra year. Um, so that that's just what I'm thinking. You know what surprised me? I was surprised to hear, I had not heard it before, I was surprised to hear that Smoke Monday is highly regarded by teammates and he, he is a natural leader because there's been times on the field, nothing crazy, but you just view his demeanor and you almost think he's kind of, you know, ho-hum, I'm going to do my job. And yeah. uh, I don't know, There's I, I didn't get the leadership vibe from him, but the the news out of, uh, especially out of this coaching change and him being a senior is that he is going to absolutely be one of the one of the leaders on the defensive side. And that was cool to hear. I, I didn't get that. I didn't get that vibe. So I was happy to hear that. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like the leader, quote unquote leader, a lot of times is like the, you know, you know, line up, do this. Like I, I maybe I'm, maybe it's not always that way. I mean, obviously I'm thinking back to like somebody like Cam Newton. He wasn't that way. He was a fun loving, I mean, kind of like smoke Monday, just like having fun out there you know, making sure his guys on his side of the ball are doing what they're supposed to. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't necessarily get the vibe that Smoke Monday was the the leader. But, obviously, I feel like that plays a good role also in the NFL, that, you know, he, he owns his position. He can, you know, rally people around him. When things aren't great, you, you got to overcome the adversity. You come to Smoke Monday. Smoke Monday is going to, you know, you know, push you through that and uh, be right there for you. Um, another guy that, I mean, just, I was thinking about, obviously we've got Bo, Bo Nix, who's, this will be his junior year. Um, where, where do you kind of put him and potentially going next year? I don't think right now, and not many people I feel like would put him as going after his junior year. Uh, but what do you think it would take <laughs> for Bo to go to the NFL after his junior year? I think after we win the nat- the national championship, he's probably going number one. <laughs> I mean, if if that happens, yes, <laughs> I would advise him. Yes, do that's that. my that's my view. No, but even Bo, if, but even if we win like the SEC championship under Bo Nix, like would that be enough? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think people, you know, when you come out of high school as a four or five star, they want to they want you to succeed because that means they're right. And when you come out, Bo came out not only as a five-star, but he was, you know, potentially this, you know, stud. They Alabama fans don't, Georgia fans. But overall, the overall idea is it, it would be cool for Bo to succeed. So all it takes is for Bo to put consistent games together. Yeah. And he will start getting mentioned. They want him. The media would like for an SEC quarterback with a little bit of history to his name to be successful. I mean, it just makes a little bit of a story. So I think if he, oh yeah, if he goes to the SEC championship game, I think that'll be enough to get really people looking at him and saying, okay, this is what we thought Bo could be. Um, You know, I'll be honest. If you want to know my opinion about what he does or where he goes, I think if Bo's not projected first round, he comes back. I mean, I just don't see Bo settling for second or third round and just leaving unless the wheels fall off. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't see that happening. Yeah, I mean, so far he's had a couple, you know, the bad games. And uh, I, it's one of those things where 
you have you have to go through it, especially his freshman year. You have to go through the bad freshman games. He still had some like you know, iffy games even his sophomore year, um, but I, it sounds like I mean this is always post you know in the whatever off season. There's always talk about oh he's getting the system he's understanding it he's you know getting more ability to you know make decisions and whatever. I mean it, it, we're probably not going to know until like three or four or five games in whether or not Bo's really catching on to the system and is making a difference because I mean, yeah, he was a consistent quarterback, but does that mean he's a good enough quarterback that the NFL is going to look at him and, you know, you know, potentially draft him pretty high or, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't see. That's the part where I think if we do really well this season, I think Bo's and, and it's because of our offense then I think Bo goes. But if we have, you know, an eight and five or nine and four kind of season, Bo's probably staying. He's probably staying his senior year, uh, probably staying. But all right, hypothetically, if he did go in the twenty twenty two draft, where do you think Bo would go? Um, and this is, you know, kind of hypothetically saying Auburn has a great season. We're like ten and two or eleven and one or something like that. What do you where do you end up uh, where do you think he'll go in the draft? If we go ten and two and eleven and one, he goes in the first round because I mean he's starting with a whole. He has a bunch of receivers that have zero experience. So if we do that well, I mean I, I, I've said all along we got to ride tank, and I think that is our best success. But I, you know, we don't go ten and two or eleven and one without Bo also shining. So if that happens, uh, he was able to he he turned the corner, and basically it was all him. Uh, nothing against the receivers, but it's not like he just threw it up to Seth a lot of times. I mean, it's going to be, you know, Bo having to mature and, and find ways to get them the ball. So yeah, if in that scenario, he goes first round, in my opinion, I don't see it happening. I don't think he goes in this, this draft. Um, but it did get me thinking, can you think of, so Bo, and I know we probably overplayed it a little bit, but I think for national level, Bo was highly sought after, Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm trying to think of quarterbacks. It happens at a lot of positions, but at a, as a quarterback being almost a sure thing like he has, how many of them have failed? I can't think of a lot of them. The closest thing I have maybe come up with was Jake Eason that was at Georgia. Mm-hmm. He was a stud. I mean, he's built. He's got a strong arm, tall. Didn't work out at Georgia. Went to Washington, kind of was so-so there and got taken in the fourth round, I think, by the Colts. So. I'm just trying to think of sure thing quarterbacks that literally never turn the corner. Hmm. And I, I can't think of any. Yeah. I feel like most of them turn the corner at some point because they just have the God given talent that it takes to be, you know, that top level quarterback that can process so quickly. Um, and I, I mean, I legitimately still think Bo has that in him. It's just putting the pieces of getting his foot rock work correct and putting all the fundamentals together that make that quarterback at that next level um, just a more surefire thing. Because right now, I mean, most teams I feel like in the NFL probably aren't going to go after Bo Nix. And you know how they, you know how they say you you got to walk before you run. Bo has done the opposite. Bo can do all the crazy things. He yeah, can yeah. throw on the run. He's got total ridiculous arm strength. Bo can't do the simple stuff. He can't do the stay in the pocket you know, hit a slant route in, in stride, um, you know, maybe throw a, a 15, 20 yard plus 
relatively simple pass for not for me or you, but for somebody of that talent, he his footwork like he can't do the simples that he's running, but he hasn't learned to walk. Mm-hmm. And if he can learn to walk, you know that's what keeps drives alive. He's going to make ridiculous passes that are going to make you go, "Oh, this guy can do it." Yeah, and then he's going to come out the next drive and miss a, a easy, you know, curl route, and you're going to get frustrated again. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, there's a element of he he's done the wow plays. He's done the oh yeah, he definitely has talent. But then you know he's got Anthony Schwartz running down the the sideline. And yet he doesn't set his feet and overthrows the guy, and you're like, "Yep, <sighs> like just size of just like frustration." Um, and, and yet, if he had set his feet, you know, it would have been a completion touchdown, and you know, we probably wouldn't have thought anything more of it. Um, so it's a matter of like, I feel like Bo, after I mean, this is his third offensive coordinator, like just you know, trying to, uh, I don't know, really take in whatever training that honestly, which is you know, really cool, our offensive coordinator and our head coach, Brian Harson, they've both been awesome quarterback coaches. And they've been able to speak the language of quarterbacks. I mean, Brian Harson was a quarterback. Like, this is, I don't know, this is going to be helpful for Bo um, to the next level that I'm hoping um, really takes them to there. Real quick, because I got, I got pretty, pretty, harsh on him i feel like I, we i love Bo. i think this guy's a limit for him and I, I think he turns the corner um ultimately just making the point of you know he's he's doing the hard things he's figured that out <laughs> he got to figure out the easy things yeah i agree i definitely agree uh the next guy that i want to talk about was owen papo so he's gonna be a junior this year uh i've seen on some of the draft boards as high as first round which to me sounds pretty crazy i think he's a great linebacker but then i'm like okay like we have awesome guys that are also on the linebacker core but yet owen papo is also you know he's above them i mean i i don't doubt it but it just kind of shocked me that he could potentially go his junior year and be drafted so highly like what what do you think about owen papo potentially going next year i mean the nfl is falls in love with measurables and I think Owen Peppo, he's not tall, but as far as just his ability, uh, very athletic, can, you know, stay with a receiver if he needs to. Uh, they fall in love with that stuff because if they didn't, you know, there was a guy from Missouri a few years ago led the led the league in tackles. He didn't get drafted. Um, you know, uh, I don't know that Zacoby would have gotten drafted and he led the yeah. league in tackles last year. So they don't pay attention to that. They don't pay attention to SEC player of the year in defense. They want to know how fast your 40 time is, how high your vertical is. Yep, and how and, coachable you are. Like, And how coachable. you got to be coachable. But those are the things they work. Now, you, yeah, they like to see the stats, but you can almost throw out the record book, show up on your <laughs> pro day, have a run a 4-2-40, and they're going to draft you. <laughs> yeah, it's going to catch their eye for sure. So I, I th- and, and kudos to Owen. He's going to benefit from that because Owen is, I think, again, other than height. I think Owen's a freak of an athlete. I think that, you know, we keep saying this, but under Derek Mason, I think all these guys are just going to get even that much better and just understanding and being, and Kevin Steele was great. I really do think yeah. he's great, but I just think that Derek's going to take things to a different level and just hear a new fresh voice. Mm-hmm. And they're going to take what Steele taught and what Derek teaches. Maybe he does become a first rounder. I hope he does. Yeah. Well, I was thinking last year, Owen Papo definitely took a huge step forward, especially when KJ Britt was out. Um, after what the second game of the season 
and Owen and Zacoby had to step up immediately. And both of them did incredibly well. Um, I agree. They did and, credit for that. And and I think that's maybe why people are looking at him saying, kind of reminds me of like Noah Ibnogany, like stepping onto the cornerback side of you know, the defensive side of the ball. And just like his trajectory went straight up. Like he started improving so much. And I feel like that's what Owen did a lot last year was you didn't necessarily think, oh, wow, this guy is amazing, but he was doing his job and there were there weren't that many plays that I can think of where I was like, Oh crap. Like he was out of position. Um, there was a couple times that he, he couldn't like, and I guess this is part of the reason he's an inside linebacker. He didn't guard, you know, a tight end coming out, um, off the line or scrimmage or something. And so it wasn't, that part wasn't there, but I feel like that's also a coachable thing. And we're also in a new system where he'll be an inside linebacker and the outside linebackers will more than likely be the ones that will be uh, defending the tight ends or, you know, a slant guy coming across the middle. Like, it's not necessarily going to be that inside linebacker. You're getting too technical for me now. I just just know how fast they run and, like, did they make a tackle? Yeah. But, no, no, I think you're right. I I think um, you, you, to my point about the pro day and the measurables, I mean, Noah Monogamy, I can't. I can never say that name. Hey, you're, you're, yeah, I think you Iggy. got, you, yeah, Iggy. <laughs> Iggy. He, uh, oh, I mean, played a year and a half maybe at DB. I mean, how many guys were highly drafted in the SEC, played well, and went behind Noah? Noah right. went that high because Noah has a good body size and is very fast. Yes. He's and, a track star. I mean, yeah. And he did well. I mean, he did well. Don't get me yeah. wrong. He had, he had great stat. I mean, I think Devontae Smith said he was the toughest guy he went up against. So that helps. But, his measurables were there. And so the NFL loved him. And that's why he surprised people and shot up so high. Yeah, in the draft. absolutely. And I mean, that's again, one of those things where I think you, you got it right. Why he's going so like potentially could be so high is uh, he's got the measurables. And I think if, you know, he proves himself this year under Derek Mason's defense, I mean, I, I think second round is not out of reach. I mean, First round, if you know we have a heck of a season on defense, but I mean, second round is kind of where I'm sitting right now. Is that like what are you thinking for that? Man, I really don't know. I mean, I just talked about how you could potentially go first, but I mean, I could see him not even going. You know, I mean, it really just depends. I, I do think he probably goes strictly because of the the things we talked about and how athletic and fast. Um, so, and if he does go, I think I think he's probably getting a, a second grade read, rating at worst. Mm-hmm. Um, now you never know they could fall I mean like Seth Williams fell but I think kid, the feedback he would get if he leaves early would be hey you're, you're second round at worst and that's possible with him I mean I could see that being a, a grade that he gets Yeah. Um, so you know it'll be exciting uh, you know these NFL coaches are very confident individuals and they're they're like you you just give me somebody that's athletic I'll, I'll coach them so he made these mistakes in college I can fix that I just, but I can't make him athletic yeah, definitely. And so, and so that's why they'll just snatch up athletic guys and, and assume they can fix any issues. Yeah, there's something to be said about just like a a guy who has the measurables and is smart enough to comprehend things uh, at a fast level that not only college requires, but especially the NFL requires. So um, I wanted to talk about a guy that was a former Auburn Tiger, but I felt like he's an honorable mention since he was on Auburn's team for a little bit. Malik Willis. And uh, Malik Willis, you know, he's kind of like the, he's the back, 
backup quarterback for a while. Uh, he would come in, run a few plays, didn't show a whole bunch. Uh, he would come in junk time, that kind of stuff. Um, but he has been getting lots of praise from a lot of different people. And at Liberty, I mean, they had a heck of a season this year. Um, one, how many games? Blanking on it right now. I, I felt like it was like almost every game this season. Yeah, um, it, was good. it was a lot. And, and a lot of that was due because Malik Willis has matured as a quarterback. Um, and one of the things that analysts just kept raving about was his strong arm. And I was like, I don't remember that at Auburn. So what's going what on? <laughs> he only read zone reads at Auburn. Right. So we never saw his arm. <laughs> I mean, hey, he was great at the zone read. I felt like there was at least a couple plays where we'd bring him in and he would do the zone read and run 50 yards down the field. Like it kind of remind me of Nick Marshall. Like, so, I mean, he had his place on Auburn's team. It just wasn't the starter. And I, I kind of don't blame him, you know, retrospectively going to Liberty. Um, but one of the things that I was reading about him, which I thought was kind of cool, uh, his coach changed up his form to make his arm stronger. Um, and now He's completing about 64% of his passes, uh, and he com- he had 20 touchdowns and only six interceptions last season, uh, and he he was doing work. And I think that really caught the eye of a lot of NFL uh, analysts that are looking at, you know, uh, who was the guy, now I'm blanking on him, uh, who went really high in the draft this year, the quarterback. Um, the North Dakota State guy? Yeah, that guy. Trey something. Yeah. I'm blanking on it right now. Yeah, I can't think of it either. I was going to say Trey Lindsay, but that is all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was uh, Trey Lance. Trey Lance, that's it. Um, but I, I feel like that kind of you know sparked, well, potentially he might go pretty high in the draft. And I've seen some draft analysts say first round. I was like, holy crap. Like, that would be insane. Um, maybe he does. But I think more realistically, he could be like a – second round, third rounder, maybe fourth rounder. Um, but he could also just not get drafted. It depends on this, how this year goes for him. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I mean, they, uh, he, uh, I know they, I was looking up, they played, you know, they beat Virginia tech. That's good competition. Our coastal Carolina, they beat them. And that typically wouldn't mean much, but coastal Carolina had a really good year. So I think their coach said that, uh, Malik was just, just amazing. Um, yeah. and the, the, I don't know, the 10, 15 minutes I saw of their whole season, he had two or three deep passes that were right on, right in stride. I mean, he, he looked a little like, he, he, I don't think he's as tall as him, but he looked a little like Justin Fields and the way he, you know, threw the ball, a, a, a pretty ball downfield. Yeah. That, you know, was easy, easy, easily catchable. And that's the new thing now, man. Chunk plays like that. It absolutely is. And I, I think it's definitely bleeding into the NFL. Um, is those big chunk plays. Um, it's very popular in college, but I think it's bleeding a little bit over into um, the NFL where they're they're looking, I mean, like for the Anthony Schwartz type speed, you you get Anthony Schwartz type speed and like you, you get him literally a step behind the DB, throw it to him. And uh, if you put it on the money, it's touchdown, automatic. We're going to take a quick break from this episode for a special announcement. One of the things that we take great pride here at the E2C Network are our listeners are really our E2C Network family. 
Now, I know they enjoy listening to us, but let's be honest. Every once in a while, they probably would like a little bit of change of pace. Well, that's where you come in if you're a business owner. If you have any interest in partnering with us in terms of ads or sponsorships on our podcast episodes, you can reach us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com. Let us help you reach the widest variety of Auburn fans out there. I mean, come on. Who else listens to a network where they cover everything from Auburn football to The Bachelor and the connections it has with Auburn? Utilize our podcasts, Facebook live shows, and other flexible partnership opportunities that are available upon request. Let us help you reach the E2C Network family and the Auburn family at large on how you might best be able to serve them. Reach out to us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com for more information. That's all we have for you in this special message. Let's get back into the episode. Let's talk about a couple more guys. We've already talked about Roger McCreary and Smoke Monday. I think both of them will more than likely uh, get drafted next year. Um, they, they're one of the uh, – both of them, they, they came back for the senior year, like we had already mentioned. But I think Roger could go third round. Um, it, it could be a little bit higher, but I think third round is kind of where I could see him going. He's he, Last year – it's kind of like a testament to how good Roger McCreary was last year. You didn't necessarily hear his name get called that much. Um, and that's usually a good sign. That means he's, he's locked down on the, on his receiver. And uh, if it's thrown at him, he's really tight and potentially bats the ball away. So uh, I feel like guys like him could potentially, like you said, under Derek Mason draft stock, go straight up kind of like smoke Monday. Um, let's also talk about Nehemiah Pritchett. Um, he's also a cornerback. Uh, he got his first career start uh, against Georgia this last year. Um, he's kind of like a, a newer face um, on this defense. Um, he has been around, but he hasn't had as many consistent starts um, as guys like Roger McCreary, who's been around, like it seems like, forever. <laughs> like Eli Stove, almost. Um, and uh, Nehemiah Pritchett, uh, one of the big plays, and I had honestly forgotten about it until I looked it up. One of the big plays he had, um, and probably because I forgot about this game, was the South Carolina game this last year. He actually had a 48-yard interception um, in it. So uh, he's got the potential, and uh, I, I could maybe see him go late in the draft, like fifth, sixth, seventh round, maybe be a free agent. Um, just depends on, again, how much – he learns from Derek Mason's secondary uh, and fitting into how that looks. Yeah. I don't, I, to be honest with you, man, I don't know enough about Nehemiah to know, you know, where he may fall. Um, but I'll just keep sticking with the, just the, the idea that, you know, Derek Mason, his, his thing is secondary. Um, he's put several guys in the NFL. He's going to put one guy in the hall of fame. So, you know, that was a, that's a small sample. He wasn't at Stanford very long. But um, it, the sample size is good that's there. So I'm excited to see what uh, what will happen. I think a lot of these guys realize that as well because, listen, it's easy to sit here and say, oh, that, well, of course you're going to come back. You were getting a free agency grade. That doesn't always happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've seen many people who, who still take off and don't necessarily make probably the best decision. And a lot of that plays in with the, the coaches they're talking to. So they probably talked to Derek Mason, got a good feel, said this guy can really help me out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm coming back. Yeah. Um, another guy that I think p- could potentially go is Tyron Truesdell. 
Um, he's a defensive, uh, defensive player that I feel like could potentially, uh, especially in this offense, take off. He could make himself even more of a presence on the defensive line. Um, his career uh, tackles is 67. Um, he'll be a senior. Uh, this is the year for him to really prove himself. Um, and if he has a good season this year, he'll, he'll catch some, some NFL uh, scouts out there that will want somebody big like him. I mean, shoot, he's like 335, and I feel like he could probably trim up a little bit and just be a wrecking ball. Um on the defensive line. Uh, TD Moultrie, uh, I feel like he could potentially be, again, one of those guys on the defensive line as a senior. Maybe uh, maybe get drafted. I'm really not sure. Um, Jared, any thoughts about TD Moultrie and maybe potentially what he could do if he goes to the NFL draft? Um, the only thing, you know, he was one of those, he might have even been a five-star AJ. I mean, he's, again, he's one of those guys that you want to succeed because it, you know, fulfills the theory that was about him. Um, he, he's just never fit in. I don't know. I think is, is he not moving back to a linebacker type role this year, which is what he came out of high school as I, I, I want to say they mentioned he might be kind of moving back to more of a linebacker role. Yeah, um, that's that's what it kind of sounds like. I mean, even yeah, I mean, he's he's kind of I mean, I know we need depth at defensive line, but I mean, if he's not really working out as an edge rusher, you know, put him at the outside linebacker which, you know, under Derek Mason, I think what we'll see is they kind of act as that edge r- rusher sometimes, especially in, in certain situations. They'll, they'll put in a guy like T.D. Moultrie and just say, "Go get the quarterback." Have fun. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's got to be exciting for him if, hey, it's not been working. So I'm getting to – and I believe he's going back to that position. He's like, hey, I'm going back to where I, my natural position. And, I, I mean, I think Gus, when he came out, and, you know, keep in mind, Gus is an offensive mind. I, I want to say Gus in a press conference was asked about, you know, who impressed him most out of that class that, that TD was a part of. And I think I think he said TD. So, mm-hmm. you know, he was a very highly thought of – player coming out of high school it has not manifested maybe this move will be what it takes and if it does you know he's athletic it doesn't take a lot he's not ruined himself yet go out there have a good season yeah uh we've mentioned it many times on this podcast but you know uh joe burrow was not joe burrow until his senior season so and then he went number one it's crazy it's crazy it ain't over until it's over no and i mean that's that's coaching, that's understanding the system you're in, and it's just working your butt off. And I know there's certain guys, I mean, T.D. Moultrie has been one. He's been on this team for all four years. Well, this will be his fourth year. And that's something you got to work your butt off to stay on the team, to get your grades up, to you know, be a, a, you know somebody who's consistently getting starts. Um, and I feel like that's something that – uh, he's kind of you know been working at he he's on the edge of you know getting up to that level well let's praise him real quick too because this is a this is a and i get people got to make the decision that's best for them but a lot of scenarios that play out like td moultrie's they transfer mm-hmm. highly touted guy comes in is not is not where he thinks he should be yep and he assumes it will be better somewhere else so he transfers so give td credit he stuck with it 
Um, and, you know, only thing I can hope is that it winds up paying off big time for him and uh, would, would love to see him, you know, succeed and move on up the draft board. Yeah, I mean, when you mentioned that, it kind of made me think of – and nothing against Big Cat Bryant. I mean, I think he, he's one of those guys that did contribute at Auburn but didn't ever hit, I feel like, his full potential at Auburn. Um, whether or not that was you know his effort level or the scheme or whatever was going on, um, but I mean this is a new this is a new defense and you know this, I feel like that's that's kind of the fun part of it is to see how these guys will bubble up to be the starters um, and how much they'll get to play because T.D. Moultrie's kind of been you know sitting you know second stringer third stringer coming in in key spots but never has been like a consistent uh a consistent like player that you'd think about all right cool this guy's going to be awesome every single game he he hasn't gotten up to that but hey Derek Mason could could switch that on him um as soon as he's uh in the system uh another guy Chandler Wooten so you know if you remember back he didn't play last year opted out came back for his senior year this year so pretty excited to see him uh he'll be uh fitting back in at his linebacker position i think if he does well and it seemed like even at a day he was already like getting some good second team reps and you know getting things going again it just takes time to knock off all that rust um, but i think like a guy like chandler wooden could be uh another one that if he does well he could be a late draft a late draft pick like fifth, sixth, seventh rounder. Um, and I mean, if worse comes to worse, he's probably a free agent. Like he, he's a smart physical guy, um, that I feel like last year, if he hadn't opted out, he would have been a key guy in the linebacker core or in the linebacker room. Um, wanted to mention a couple more. Uh, I wanted to mention Sean Shivers. Um, I love Sean Shivers. He's like five, six, um, bolder of a guy. Um, I think Auburn has him listed like five seven, but I mean, he could be five seven, but that's my height, and that, <laughs> that's pretty crazy to think about that he's a SEC running back. But I mean, it kind of showed in the A day game even a little bit the the offense that we started to kind of you know figure right. out and on A day and during the spring is looking like Sean Shivers could fit a good, good role in that, you know, tag team with tank Bigsby. So does, is that enough? Jared, do you think that's enough that we'll catch a team's eye? Um, and you know, take a little bit of a risk on them. I don't know. Um, you know, I, we, well, you and I were talking off, off the air and, you know, guys like that, you have to be elite at certain sizes Nothing against the size, but we're talking, hey, how are they going to translate to NFL? Yeah. Darren Sproles comes to mind. That guy was ridiculous. I Which, mean, just, he was the same size, like 5'6", 190. Yeah, essentially same size. Came out of Kansas State and had a long NFL career. You know, the thing about the two, and and this, I'm not sophisticated enough, but it felt like every motion Darren Sproles did mattered and, like, got him open. Mm, I feel yeah. like Shiver sometimes shifts but doesn't actually change position. It's just like shifting of the feet. And I know that doesn't make a lot of sense, so I don't put them in the same category. However, Shivers has one of the coolest plays that we will ever have at Auburn. <laughs> so true. Knocking somebody's helmet off at Alabama. And I will say um, he's tough, and there may be a role for him. 
Mm-hmm. Um, something I want to bring up that apparently I don't, you know, I don't do Twitter anymore, but I think something was going around saying Chivers tries to avoid contact. My entire complaint about the guy is that what? he goes seeking contact. Like there's times I thought, man, just cut that outside and keep going upfield. <laughs> he runs somebody over. No, I, so, I'm, I feel the same way. If there's a guy, he, he just he runs straight at him, and you're like, dude, if you like took one more step outside, you would have totally missed him and you know gone an extra ten yards or whatever. <laughs> well, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, again, I have to hear bits and pieces. I think it got enough traction to where Shivers had to respond. And so I'm like, yeah, Shivers is not, he doesn't have, go back and watch the Iron Bowl 2019. He's not avoiding contact. Oh, no. Uh, no, uh, he hits that whatever line he's about to hit, and he hits it hard. Like, he doesn't yeah. care. <laughs> so I guess my ultimate point is, I don't know if he gets drafted or not. I like the guy. He's a hard worker. He also could have been a key before the 2019 Iron Bowl, could have been a key. Hey, it's not working like I thought. I'm transferring, and yeah. he never did. Yep. So, you know, kudos to him. Yeah, absolutely. And, and another thing that just hit me, he could be a potentially a good kickoff type role. Like he's done that a lot at Auburn, you know, kickoff returner and running it out. Like he's quick. I mean, he's sprinter spat fast kind of guy. Like you, he gets up to speed super quick and on kickoffs. I mean, that's key. Um, well, think about, one more thing, the the phantom hold against Alabama in 2018. Oh, it was yeah. like the second or third play of the game. I mean, he took that like 70 yards. So oh, yeah. the potential's there. Maybe they just need to tell him every game he's playing Alabama. And <laughs> he will elevate his game. But no, seriously, in A-Day, the blocking was good. He had some great runs. I think he's going to be a great compliment to Tank. He's not on Tank's level, but we don't really need him to be. But in this case, we're saying, hey, for his sake, what's it going to mean? And I would say... You know, the running back position is so devalued now in the NFL. You you have to – I mean, the guy for Alabama barely went in the first round, and mm-hmm. we were starting to think he wouldn't. Um, I mean, it's, you know – Yeah, and, go, he, and he was a, you know, Heisman finalist. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it's so devalued. It's nothing against running backs. It's just their body can't take it. They're going to last yep. four or five years max. And well, so, well, and there's – I was listening to, like, the draft commentary on it, and they were like – uh, I wouldn't have taken a running back in the first round. Like, and I was like, that's the mentality now. Like a lot of teams aren't taking running backs that early because there's like, there's workhorses. I can get them whenever. And it's crazy. It is crazy how much they've been devalued. Well, and that means if you have a, basically a wasted round of, okay. And that is a true mentality right now. We're not taking running backs first round. So technically the first round for running backs is the second round. So now you get back to Shivers, and you're like, there's not enough rounds mm-hmm. for somebody. So you probably are going to be a free agent. But that's not – hey, a lot of free agents have, have gone on to make a lot of money. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, another guy that I wanted to definitely mention was Anders Carlson. He'll be a senior this year. Uh, it is kind of odd for a kicker to get drafted, but his brother did it. So, I mean, Jared, do you think Anders gets drafted? Is it possible that you think he gets drafted? I don't know. If he doesn't, I think it's his freshman year of uh, using him the wrong way. I, I think you got I don't think you can have a blip on your radar I don't, or a, a bad year. Mm. And he was asked to kick too many over fifty, but I don't know. I mean, his brother got drafted. That is very rare. The team that drafted his brother cut him. He's <laughs> now doing really well at Oakland. Yep. 
If there's any Minnesota fans, I'm sorry, but I laugh every time y'all miss a field goal to extra point. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so I think it's hilarious. You're they still can't hit field goals, so it was not Carlson's fault. But yeah, to your point, there's not a lot of. But I mean, I think there was a punt. There's been punters drafted here recently. You mm-hmm. never know. Um, yeah. These analytics plays the game now, and if they're like, "Hey, we need a lockdown field goal person because we lost." 4.8 games last year because we missed a 37 yard they know all this stuff now oh yeah and so that matters and they may spend their fifth or sixth round pick on a kicker yeah well and with the nfl pushing back the extra point it puts That's that much too. pressure on the kicker to be a very consistent can you hit that extra Good what point. is it like 37 yard field goal essentially every time like can you do it um and it, it's not a gimme like it used nope. to be no, you're right. That's a good point. I agree with you. Um, and and I honestly think Anders anything inside of forty. I honestly think of him as automatic. And yeah, he's he's pretty that's good. That's great. That that's I, some, I mean, that's nothing to be you know scoffed at. I mean, he's he's a solid kicker in, inside of forty. And heck, even inside of you know the forty to fifty range, he's been solid these last really two years. It was yeah, just his that, freshman year that kind of it was skewed his freshman everything. year, and it wasn't his fault. He was asked no. to kick fifty yarders, and nobody. I mean. Even veteran quarterback kickers shouldn't have to do that as much as he did, but true freshman, no, that's just you can't ask him to do that. Yeah, definitely. All right, Jared, I think that kind of wraps up our discussion. Um, anything else you want to talk about? No, I'm just getting excited. I mean, I'm you know, I, I, it's kind of crazy that we're already in May, but you start you know doing the math, and we're just a few months away from really ramping this thing up. And yeah, you know, they said that. The, the the I just read where Alan Green said the plan for now is you know 100% capacity that could change but um so if we can get back to you know 100% capacity and 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 some real football that kind of getting me excited talking about it I mean it's it's a I don't know a definitely a more possible or a, a bigger reality than it was even just a few months ago like if you had asked me in January pre you know the vaccine being out is this going to happen are we going to have a full season that has 100 percent capacity i've been like maybe 70 percent, maybe 80 percent, but it's legitimately sounding like there may be come this fall 100 percent fans in in stadiums and i feel like that is awesome that is awesome to get back and i don't know there's this ambiance of just college football um that is definitely wrapped up in 100% capacity, especially these big games um, that was kind of lost in this last year. I know, you know, 20% of fans kind of did their thing. They yelled and yeah, it was pretty good, but it's nothing like uh, literally like 80,000 to 100,000 fans yelling at you. Um, There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. I I totally agree. They got 100% capacity back at uh, the Braves game. So, you know, baseball kind of led that, uh, I know we got to get done, but baseball, you know, they had a COVID outbreak and everybody wanted them to shut down last year Yeah, and they, they didn't. And I think that led the charge for set the tone for other sports leagues and how to push through that and still manage. And so they may be leading the charge now too with a MLB was able to do hundred percent capacity. And so mm-hmm. we'll see, we'll see what happens. Yeah, definitely. Man, I know season's still a few months away, but Hey, it's, it's before we know it, Summer's going to be over, and Jared, we're going to be talking about uh, the practices and the fall and then starting our, our season again in 2021. It's going to be crazy. 
It's gonna be crazy, my man. And then we're only one year away from the new EA college football game. Yes, yes. Woo! Where we can all pretend like we know what we're doing in football. Yeah, and I can make whoever I want. And... That's right. <laughs> like a six-five dude that runs four-one forty and <laughs> can throw it, throw a football a quarter of a mile. That's that's right. That's exactly what I was hoping. I mean, I can't can't wait until that day. Yes, sir. All right, Jared, before we get out of here, how can the people stay in touch with you? You can find me on Facebook and Instagram under my name, Jared Davis. Not on Twitter because you're off Twitter. Yeah, I don't so. do Twitter. <laughs> I, I, I can see tweets occasionally, but I don't actually have a Twitter account. Yeah. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at AJYJY underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?